around. I want to welcome everyone to the service. So glad you're here. What a blessing it is to be in God's house this morning. Boy, I'll tell you, a uh, little rain this morning, and uh, i tell you what, just refreshing things and uh, ought to make you happy about uh, what the Lord knows you need today. Amen? And uh, we just praise God for His goodness. There is something about that name Jesus. Uh, the Bible tells us, and Paul says, that, hey, there's going to come a day that every knee will bow to that name. Amen? And you know what they're going to do? They're going to call him Lord. Adolf Hitler will call him Lord. Mao Zedong will call him Lord. Jim Jones will call him Lord. And then they hear him say, depart, I never knew you. Well, isn't that, that's a, what a name it is. It's above every king. Uh, it's a greater name than David. Greater name than Solomon. Greater name than any king that's ever uh, going to be on this earth. Amen. So praise God for it. Let's stand if you will. We're going to ask uh, uh, the blessing on the service this morning. Ask God to uh, just work in our hearts and help us today uh, as we uh, enjoy this Christmas season. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we do love you. And we want to thank you that, Lord, we serve a risen Savior. Thank you for all that he's done for us. Lord, for salvation that is full and free, thank you for the fellowship that we can have with him every day. And Lord, I pray today that, Lord, uh, you would be with that one that's closest to, to hell today, that, Lord, you might help them to see their need of Christ and, and coming to him and receiving the gift of salvation. And Lord, today we just ask you to, uh, Lord, be with the singing, with the preaching. May you anoint every part of the service that will glorify you and uplift the Son. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bro, Tony. I'm going to go to page 99. 99. We'll sing both verses. Both verses. In the little village of Bethlehem, there lay a child Not just any king, <laughs> amen. Right. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we praise God for it. Let's go, to the Lord, and pray for the offering this morning, and ask God to continue to meet the need. Father, thank you for this day and your many blessings, and just um, the opportunity to call you Father and to be a part of this meeting this morning. 
with God's people uh, around God's word. And uh, I'll just pray you bless the meeting, bless the offering, use it to the furtherance of the gospel, not only here but around the world. And uh, Father, thank you for meeting the needs. We pray for these folks that are sick. I think of Diane this morning. I think of Miss um, Barbara. Continue to be with those folks and others that are sick. Uh, Father, just give us a good day in the Lord. I pray that you'd be honored and glorified. Through everything that's done, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just remain seated. We'll sing verses 1, 2, and 4. 1, 2, and 4.
We rejoice in the light, and we end.
Boy, I'm glad I have been declared righteous Amen. in God's sight. That's the idea of justified, being justified. I've been declared righteous. I'm restored back to favor with my heavenly Father. Amen. Boy, what a blessing. That comes through the Lord Jesus in salvation. And boy, what a blessing that is. Amen. Thank you, choir. Let's all stand. We're going to shake hands here. And, uh, you know, some of you uh, just uh, need to tell your face, I'm happy this morning. All right. Amen. All right, Brother Tony, come on. There's something about that name. It should be on the back of your bulletin or page 619. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance i
If you would please, just a few announcements. Don't forget these few sign-up sheets down here uh, on the front row. One is for the couples retreat. Uh, that'd be Thursday through Saturday, uh, February the 1st through the 3rd. And so please sign up for that and let us know if you need lodging or not. And then the other one is for this uh, wedding for uh, Carrie and Rebecca. And it's going to be on Saturday, February 10th here at the church at 11 o'clock with a reception to follow. So if you could please sign up for that, that'd be great. We'd appreciate that. And then choir practice tonight at 4.30. Please remember that. And I believe tomorrow night at 7. Am I right on that, Miss Stephanie? Right, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, choir? Okay, yes, please remember that. I was looking back there for you. <laughs> there, okay, gotcha. So tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, don't, don't forget that. And we are in our Fill America events that started yesterday. And so we've got plenty of gospel tracks laid out. So uh, please pick up gospel tracks and work at getting those passed out. And uh, we're not just trying to pass out gospel tracks, by the way. I mean, this is about trying to find opportunities to share the gospel. But um, it's good to pass out gospel tracks, and, uh, but not just to pass out gospel tracks. If the Lord opens the door to share the gospel, we want to do that. Amen? And look for that opportunity. And uh, once again, these Christmas tracks, are re- people are really receptive to these Christmas tracks. Wish them a Merry Christmas, and uh, God gives you an opportunity. So let's make sure we take it, all right? Don't forget, we're doing our children's nursing home, our children's program at the nursing home today. Be praying for us as we head over there. And we've got some pizzas ordered. We'll do lunch right after the service downstairs and try to leave out of here about uh, 1 o'clock to get over there. And uh, i try to be encouraged with those folks. We'll be praying for the meeting today there. And then uh, we'll do Christmas caroling on the 15th. That's Friday. We'll be here at the church at 530 if you can make it. And so that'd be great. We've got several places to go. And then our cantata next Sunday. That's hard to believe we're saying next Sunday. The evening service. The choir's like, yeah, next Sunday. Wow. And so the 17th and the PM service this time. And so something a little different. And so please remember that. And we're doing a cookie fellowship afterwards. So if you can bring your favorite cookie. Um, not just one cookie now. But... Maybe a couple of dozen cookies, right? And, uh, and we'll have some things go along with that, so please remember that. That'll be next Sunday night after church. Be praying for the cantata. And then our children's Christmas program on our Wednesday night service, our candlelight service on the 20th, the Wednesday before Christmas, so please remember that. So Christmas Eve is on a Sunday this year, so I have one service at 10.30 in the morning. No Sunday school, just one regular service at 10.30. No evening service, and of course Christmas Day is on Monday. And then New Year's Eve the following Sunday. And we'll have uh, just a regular Sunday school, regular morning service. And then we're planning to have a lunch to follow. And so we'll say more about that. But happy birthday this week to Kenny uh, Harner on the 12th. Herschel's got a birthday this week. And continue to pray for Herschel. Um, he's uh, going to have to have surgery to remove the screws that's in his uh, foot. That's what's not allowing the affection to heal or not allowing the uh, affection to get better and his foot to heal so he can, so he can be casted. So um, be praying for him. This week's his birthday. And then Paula's got a birthday on the 15th. So congratulations to these folks uh, on their birthdays. All right? Won't you stand with us one more time? And Tony's going to come and lead us in another song. Page 92. 92. We'll sing verses 1 and 5. 1 and 5. Who is he in yonder stall? At his feet the shepherds fall Who is he in deep distress Passing in the wilderness Tis the Lord, the wondrous story Tis the Lord 
that from the grave comes to heal and help and save. Who is he that from his throne rules to all the world alone? Tis the Lord, a wondrous story. Tis the Lord, the King of glory. At his feet we humbly fall. Crown him, crown him, Lord of all. Amen. You can be seated. Well, it's good to have Isaac McKenna home, amen, all the way from Knoxville, Tennessee, amen. Isn't it good to come home? Amen. That's your, I remember those days when we'd come home uh, from Tennessee Temple, and uh, uh, we always left after work, and uh, sometimes we had good success, sometimes we didn't. I'm glad you're home, well, praise God, amen. Well, you get your Bibles, Ms. Angie, are y'all ready to sing? All right, come right on, ladies. Many men. 
Take your Bibles, if you would, please, this morning, and go with me to Matthew chapter number 1. Matthew chapter number 1, and we'll begin reading in verse number 18, and then we'll just we'll read most of the chapter, chapter number 2 as well, but Matthew chapter number 1, beginning in verse number 18. The Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother, Mary, was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and she shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, that is the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. 
Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired out, excuse me, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented to him gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Let me stop right there for just a moment. Um, the wise men worked at the uh, stable, all right? You always see them at the stable, right? Every, every uh, Christmas display, the wise men are always at the stable. They weren't at the stable. The Bible makes it real clear that they came into the house. They saw the young child. And even as we begin to read, you can see that when Herod killed the children, it was the ones of two years age and under. So he could get to... Jesus, because there was a time that lapsed. Anyway, keep reading there. That was just a little thing I had to put out there, right? And when they were departed, behold, verse number 13, the angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by the night and departed into Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord, by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and all the coast thereof from two years old and under. According to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men, then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying in Ramah, There was... In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. But when Herod was dead, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And the Bible says that he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. If you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, there's an expression that's found in chapter number 1 and the latter part, part of verse number 21. The Bible says, For he shall save his people from their sins. For he shall save his people 
from their sins. The reason for the season is really he came to save his people from their sins. For most families, for most of us, Christmas uh, is a time of traditions and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, every year we uh, bring the decorations down out of the attic or out of the shed, or sometimes most of you both, you got decorations in the attic and in the shed and in the basement, right? And you, you get them wherever they're at and the favorite meals are planned and you try to get together with people's schedule and you schedule a time where you can all have a meal together and those are all wonderful things. And um, we buy gifts and we exchange gifts and all of these things, we attend Christmas parties and all of these things. But what really, what's, what's the reason for the season? Every Christian would agree and we would consent that the reason for the season is the birth of Jesus Christ. But I'm afraid so many times um, we let the hustle and the bustle and uh, I guess you could call it the madness of Christmas, uh, the things that have to get done and all of these things really crowd out and drown out the, the real true meaning of Christmas. And so I want to challenge you this morning as I challenge myself to to look, look at this season. Remember, it's a season for deliverance. Uh, God has given us his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, so that um, he can save his people from their sins. And so let's try to, to refocus and to have fresh eyes as we look into this Christmas season, as we look into really the true meaning of Christmas, the reason for the season and not allow really the true meaning of Christmas to get crowded out of our everyday lives. We ought to be thinking about it every single day. God give us the ability to, to reflect on the true meaning of Christmas and the reason for the season. Let me give you several things this morning I believe we can find in these passages of Scripture about the true meaning of Christmas, the, the, the reason for the season. I think there's several things here. Uh, I believe, number one, we can, we can write down this if you're taking notes. The reason for the season is to forever forgive sinners. To forever forgive sinners. The Bible tells us in this verse, number, verse number 21, and thou shalt bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. The reason for the season was to forever forgive sinners. Listen, that's you and that's me, friend. That's the, that's the, every man that is born of woman, Job says, is a few days and full of trouble. We're all born in sin, David tells us. The Bible's real clear that all men are sinners. There's none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the plan of God was to give a savior, to Bring the Lord Jesus to save us from our sins, to forever forgive sinners. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us in Christ, according to, to um, Romans 8, chapter 8, and verse number 1, listen to what it says. There is thou, there therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not to the flesh, but after the spirit. The key is in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus this morning? If you are, you've been saved. You've been born again. You've been birthed into the family of God. You're a child of God. You've been given the gift. I've been given the gift of everlasting life. 
eternal life, the Bible calls it many times. So God says in his word that there's no condemnation. In other words, there's no damnatory sentence. Listen, the Bible says for the wages of sin is death. Physical death. If the Lord doesn't return, all of us are going to die physically at some point in our life. But also spiritual death, separation from God forever in the lake of fire. That God says was prepared for the devil and his angels. But if we choose to accept our own way, our, our own walks of righteousness and reject the Lord Jesus, we're going to pay for our own sin in the lake of fire in a place called hell. But God says if you're in Christ Jesus... Listen, you're forever forgiven. There's no condemnation. There's no damnatory sentence. It's been removed. Jesus paid it. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. Aren't you glad you're washed in the blood this morning? If you're saved, you're, you're washed in the blood. There's, there's no damnatory sentence for you any longer. You have been forever forgiven. Your sins have been removed as far as the east is from the west. No more to be remembered. I can't wrap my mind completely around that, but God chooses to forget, to remove my sins as far as the east is from the west. So his reason for the season was to forever forgive sinners. 1 Timothy 1.15 says, this is a faithful saying. And worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world. Why? To save sinners. Amen. That's why he came. Faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation uh, to them which are in Christ Jesus. Listen, uh, he came into the world to save sinners from the penalty of sin. We've talked about it from the power of sin. We've referred to it from one day the very presence of sin. We won't have to deal with this old sinful flesh any longer once we get to heaven. Amen? God's, God's part, God's reason for the season was to forever forgive sinners. Hebrews 2.9 says, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Every man. He, taste, he paid the debt for all of mankind. There's not one person that Jesus did not die for that was ever born of woman. No, he, he, he tasted death for every man so that he could redeem us. Redeem us means to pay the price to recover from the power of another to ransom, to buy off. Just in case you didn't know it, we needed redeemed because we were sinners. Yeah. Satan had his grasp on you and he had his grasp on me and he was going to take me to hell. So I needed to be redeemed. A price needed to be paid to recover me from the power of Satan. To ransom me, to, to pay my sin debt. Not in part, by the way, but the whole. Jesus paid it, paid it all. He, he paid the price. He forgave me. He redeemed me. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel for he hath visited and redeemed his people 
Uh, Luke says in Luke chapter number 1, verse number 68, when they saw the Savior, the Lord Jesus, remember Simeon and, uh, and, the, and the, the lady there, um, what was her name, Simeon and Anna, that's right, Anna. Uh, they gave the test, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. It was to forever forgive sinners, to redeem us. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ hath redeemed us, listen, from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Jesus had no sin. No, he was made a curse for you. He was made a curse for me. He took my sin. He took your sin. He had no sin of his own so that he may redeem us. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He was that perfect lamb, perfect blood to redeem us. The Bible says in Revelation 5, 9, and they sung a new song saying, thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. The reason for the season was to forever forgive sinners, to redeem us. Listen, to reconcile us Back to the heavenly father. That word reconcile, it means a change from enmity to friendship. It is mutual. It is a change wrought in both parties who have been at enmity. God's justice demands the punishment of sinners. The death of Christ satisfies justice and so reconciles us to God. The reconciliation makes God our friend and enables him to pardon and save us. And so we must receive that gift. We must accept it. He's reconciled us. He's paid the debt. But we must receive it. The Bible says in Hebrews 2, verses 14 through 17. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. That's what he promised in Genesis 3, by the way, way back in the beginning of time. And deliver them, verse number 15, who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. He became flesh and dwelt among us when beheld his glory. As the, as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, the book of John tells us. He became man so that he could go to pay the sin debt on the cross of Calvary, so that he could 
Listen, redeem us so that he can reconcile us so we can forever be forgiven of our sins. He gave us a new residence. Aren't you thankful for that? <laughs> this world is not my home. If you're a believer, it's not. We're just passing through. Our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond. That's why God says, hey, lay not up for yourselves treasures here on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and, through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust doth not corrupt, where thieves can't break through and steal. And he goes on and says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We've got a new residence. It's heaven. Remember what he said in, in John chapter number 14? The, the disciples were troubled. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. Yeah. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Friend, we've got a new residence. We've been reconciled. We've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and we have been forever forgiven. I wrote this one down too. He's given us, not only have we been redeemed and reconciled and been given a new residence, but we've been given new resources. An available supply that be, can be drawn upon when needed. We no longer have to look to the world for answers. The answer is found in the Lord Jesus. One new resource is the word of God that leads us along the path of life. Thy word leads us and guides us. It's truth. Thy word is truth, the Bible said. Jesus is truth. God's given us this resource of the word of God to lead in God and direct our path. Available supplies, always available. Never lead us astray. The interest of thy word, the Bible says, giveth light. It leads us and guides us. Listen, the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, the reason for the season was um, to forever forgive sinners. Don't forget that. Don't forget that you've been redeemed. Don't forget that you've been reconciled. Don't forget, listen, that um, you've been given a new residence. Don't forget that you've been given the resource of the word of God. The Holy Spirit of God that uses the word of God to lead in God and direct us. Amen. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, verse 105. So the reason for the season, number one, is to forever forgive sinners. Number two, it was to fulfill prophecy. Look at verse in our, in our text here, verse uh, 22 of chapter number one. The Bible says, and uh, verse 22, not 21, verse 22. Now all these things, now all this was done that it might be what? Fulfilled. Which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet. Look at chapter number two, verse number 15. And was there until the death of Herod that it might be what? Fulfilled. Look at verse number 17. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet. Look at verse number 23, chapter number two. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth that it might be what? Fulfilled. Not only is the reason for the season to forever forgive sinners, but it was to fulfill prophecy. The first time it was mentioned, this mention of a Savior, we don't take, take time to go there, was in Genesis 3, 
14 and 15. If you've got a Schofield reference Bible, a lot of good notes there on, on this subject. But he came to fulfill prophecy. Matthew 1, 23, the, the Bible says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. That passage of Scripture fulfilled Isaiah 7, 14. Isaiah 7, 14 says this, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Virgin shall be with child, bring forth a son, call his name Emmanuel. All those prophecies were fulfilled right here in the New Testament, what God had said in the Old Testament some hundreds of years prior. God keeps his word. God always keeps his word. He will never renege on his word. Luke 2, verses 1 through 7, which give us this, and it can't, shall come to pass. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenus was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and led him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. A direct fulfillment of prophecy to Micah 5 two. Some 700 years prior, by inspiration of the Spirit of God, Micah pens this verse, but thou, Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. Listen, the reason for the season was to forever forgive sinners. It was to fulfill prophecy. What God had stated years before would come to pass, came to pass. A virgin shall be with child. That's why Tony referred to that this morning in Sunday school. No, yes, it's not a young maiden. It's not a young lady. No, it's a, it's a virgin. That's very important. A young maiden sometimes isn't a virgin. But no, he was very specific about that. A virgin shall conceive, shall conceive. In Bethlehem, this child will be born. It's going to be a son. His name's going to be called Emmanuel. Matthew 2.15 fulfilled Hosea 11.1. When Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. Matthew 2.17, fulfilled Jeremiah 31.15. Thus saith the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation. And bitter weeping, Rachel weeping for her children, refused to be comforted for her children because they were not. That's Jeremiah 31.15. We read it here in Matthew chapter number one. Excuse me, Matthew chapter number two. 
Matthew 2, 23 fulfilled Isaiah 11, 1. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. I'm just telling you, listen, the reason for the season was to forever forgive sinners. And it was to fulfill prophecy. To show us that God always keeps his word. You can count on his word. He came to keep his word. He came because he said he was coming. It was to fulfill prophecy. It was to further the message. Remember what the angels told the shepherds in Luke chapter number two. Tony referred to it this morning about fearing not. And um, what did the shepherds do? Go with me to Luke chapter number two just briefly. The Bible says in Luke chapter number two, let's begin reading in verse number 15. The angels have appeared and it, the Bible says in verse number 15, and it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, look what the Bible says, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. It's about furthering the message. We have an opportunity this Christmas season to further the message of Jesus Christ. To give the gospel of Jesus Christ to folks who need it. And everybody needs it. He's the only way to heaven. He's the way, the truth, and the life. The Bible says, no man cometh unto the Father but by him. It's an opportunity this season to further the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we've been commended that in a lot of scripture. We don't have time to take a look at it. The reason for the season is to further the message. The reason for the season is to forsake fear. We won't dive deeply into this. Maybe look at it another time. Tony alluded it in Sunday school this morning four times. Fear not. Fear not to Joseph. There in uh, Matthew, in our text here, fear not, the angel says, to take him to Mary. Fear not to Zacharias. There in, in Luke chapter number one, fear not to Mary. Fear not to the shepherds in Luke two. Fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. It's a message to, to forsake fear. What are you afraid of? Don't fear. The fear of man bringeth a snare, the Bible says. We're living in a wicked world. Our country's going to pot, no doubt about it. But we're not to fear. The Lord's in control. It doesn't matter what news we get or what happens. Listen, God is in control. It takes, it takes more faith to trust him once you get the news, I, I read this little text yesterday, I think Miss Cindy had put on there. Once you get the news, it's, it's, it takes greater faith to trust that you've got the news than praying before you get the news. Does that make sense? And when you find yourself in the middle of it and you're right there, I mean, smack dab in the middle of it, you've got the bad news, there's, there's problems. Listen, now's really time to trust God. He's still in control. Before the news and after the news and in the middle of the news. And we need to forsake fear. 
The Bible says it's a, a season to fall down and worship him. Verse 2 and verse 11 of chapter number 2. The Bible says in chapter number, Matthew chapter number 2 and verse number 2, the Bible says, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. You know, know why the Magi were coming? You know why the wise men were coming? They were coming to worship the king. Oh, worship the king. Oh, worship the king. Verse number 11, the Bible says in that same chapter of chapter number two, and when they were coming to the house, the star reappears, he leads them to the house where the young child Jesus was. And the Bible says when they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and what they do, they fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. It's a season to fall down and worship him. Do we see the Lord really for who he is? The King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God of all gods, the big G, the big L, right? Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Jehovah. You know, Isaiah... In Isaiah chapter number 6 saw him for who he really was. And when he did, he fell down and he worshipped him. And he said, here my Lord send me. It's a season to fall down and worship him. Worship Christ. Worship our Savior. To adore him. To love him. And then it's a season to follow the Lord no matter what the circumstances may be around us. And we don't have time to go into the whole story. We'll look at it another time. Tony referred to it this morning in Sunday school, this story of Joseph and all that was taking place, his espousal to, to Mary and finding her with child before they consummated their marriage, before they came together in a sexual relationship. The Bible says she was found with child. And yet, and yet, Joseph, as Tony referred to in Sunday school this morning, Raised from sleep and did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. He followed the Lord. No matter what the circumstances around him were and what everybody else said he should do or what even the law said he was able to do when his espoused wife was found in this circumstance. No, he, he followed, he trusted God. He believed the word of the Lord and followed him no matter what the circumstance around him were. That's what we're going to have to do. Right. It's the reason for the season to forever forgive sinners. To, to follow the Lord no matter what the circumstances around us may be. To fall down and worship him. To forsake fear, the fear that we may have. To further the message of Jesus Christ. The prophecy has been fulfilled, but it's the reason for the season. Aren't you glad that God keeps his word? He'll never let you down. He'll never lead you astray. You can trust on him and you can trust in him because he'll never lead you astray. I mean, it's amazing when you think about the prophecy that was fulfilled. I mean, hundreds of years before it happened, he told us it was going to happen. And then it happened to demonstrate that he's God. 
and that he's omniscient, that he knows all things before they even happen. And he, he told Daniel about him. He told Micah about him. He told Isaiah about him. And they pinned him down because God told him. Then later on, hundreds of years later, they were fulfilled because God always keeps his word. God always keeps his word. Father, thank you this morning for really the true meaning of Christmas and the reason for the season. Father, that you sent your only begotten son into the world to pay a sin debt that we could not pay. To save us from our sins. Thank you that we've been forever forgiven. Thank you that the prophecy was fulfilled, that you always keep your word. Father, thank you that we can follow you regardless of the circumstances. Thank you that you're faithful and true. Help us, Lord, to further this message as we have the opportunity. Never be ashamed of the gospel of Christ, but to realize it's the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth. Perhaps there's some here this morning, Lord, that need to be saved, that need to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. It's not by works of righteousness which we've done. Father, we know the scripture is very clear that it's only Jesus. It's by grace through faith. Father, help them to realize, maybe those watching online, maybe in this building this morning, they need to be saved, that, that all men are sinners. Sin must be paid for. Jesus paid that sin debt. And we must just simply pray and receive him as our Savior. Father, I pray you to work in hearts this morning. Draw us close to you. Help us to forsake fear. Help us to refocus, Father, our thoughts and minds away from the hustle and bustle and to really, truly grasp the true meaning of Christmas and what it means. It was about the birth of a Savior. Draw us close to you. Move and work in our lives as only you can. May we be sensitive to you this morning, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. Number 295 is the song. Number 295, if you'll find it, please. And I don't know what your need is this morning, but softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling for you and calling for me. See on the portals, he's waiting and watching, watching for you. And watching for me. Would you come this morning? If you need to be saved, would you come? If you need to come to this altar and pray and maybe give something to God that you're afraid of, maybe to realize that He is the true meaning of Christmas and get back to that fault. Won't you come this morning as we sing number 295, softly and tenderly? He's calling you, dear friend. If you're not saved this morning, come on. Come on, Brother Lane's down front. He'll take the time to show you, help you with any decision that needs to be made. Today's the day of salvation. Don't put it off. Come on. Come on to Jesus today. Oh, come. What are you afraid of this morning, dear friend? What are you afraid of? Maybe there's something that you're fearing. You need to come give it to the Lord today. Maybe you're not following like you should or you once did. You need to come this morning. Come. Next stanza.
I tell you what, I remember what Elmer Fitzgerald said one time. He said when he went for basic training in the Army, he said, I walked out that night, first night I was there and looked up in the sky and he said, man, those stars in Virginia sure are calling me. He said, if I could have found a way out of that place, he said, it wouldn't have mattered what they'd have done, I'd have went home. You know what? There's going to come a day as, as a lost person, you're going to say, boy, I wish, I wish I had to listen to that old crazy preacher. Hmm? I wish I'd have made that decision for Christ, for Christ. Father, we love you today. We thank you for this wonderful time of year. Lord, when God became man, when man realized that the word of God was true and that the only way we could be right with God is come God's way. And I pray you'll just speak to hearts today. Lord, those that are wrestling with uh, issues of life, May they realize that only Jesus has the answer. He's the only one that can give them strength and comfort. And Lord, we'll just place each one in your hands. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you. Amen.